Hello everyone, welcome to this podcast from Cambridge Health Tech Institute for Medical Informatics World, which runs May 22nd to the 23rd, 2017 in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm Caitlin Waters, Associate Conference Producer. We have with us today two of our speakers from the Telehealth Integration and Implementation Conference, Scott Hopes, Chief Medical Officer, and John Truong, President, both from the Onyx Healthcare USA Incorporated. Scott and John, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Well, Caitlin, thank you. What would you identify as the biggest barrier to telehealth implementation? Well, you know, I think it's, there's, there's three major components, technological, financial, and legal. And states are grappling with how to define telehealth, and so that's a state-by-state issue. But really the magic bullet for telehealth success in the future is telehealth being an integral part of health services and not just an independent instrument in the medical black bag? And then also on the financial side of it, federal funding under the PPACA and other programs is diminishing. And then also, I'll say from the technology implementation perspective, uh, one of the biggest barriers of the telehealth implementation is, I'll say, the user themselves, because this is definitely a new care approach to provide a care to a caregiver and then for the healthcare provider to provide a care to the patient. So in terms of how, for example, for patients from the healthcare provider, I mean, how adaptive are they to this new approach? And then how comfortable are they adapting to a new technology that can enable the telehealth? That'll be one barrier from a technology perspective. The other end, from a patient perspective, how well accepted is the user and how comfortable are they and how familiar are they with leveraging this technology? Take a very simple example, how comfortable are the patients in terms of going onto an online portal to set up an online telehealth visit? I think that will be a barrier itself in terms of the user adaptability to the technology and the care approach itself. Which area of healthcare do you see as a good pilot? areas that we've seen are around long-term and post-acute care in reducing hospital admissions and emergency department diversion. Most studies in looking at hospital readmissions from long-term care and post-acute care have identified one of the influencers of a patient being readmitted to the hospital is a, a lack of access to the right level of practitioner in the nursing home or the post-acute setting. And so, therefore, the patients end up getting sent back to the hospital. So that's one area where the telehealth and healthcare and IT and our healthcare information technology can actually serve as a connector to bring the appropriate practitioner resource to where the patient is located. And the other area would be just in general emergency department diversions, being able to do an actual screening using video and connection technology to help determine whether a particular episodic situation requires a trip to the emergency department or can it just go to urgent care or can it more or less wait until morning. In addition to the domestic pilot, I would say based on our experience so far, they are also a facility who has a global footprint and then also the technology to implement telehealth will also be a good fit to this kind of application where in turn they need to have resources from the global location, but they also they want to Scott's point earlier, the patient needs to have access to a certain expertise which is not at the domestic location. That's one example of they can conduct a pilot. And in addition, there's also providing the care for patients who are traveling to a global location.
location, whereas they can still find their healthcare provider, local partner, whereas while having the access to their primary care doctors. So those are areas from the international perspective. Some of the healthcare facility with global footprint, they're looking into leveraging the telehealth. And Scott, actually, I think we also had experience with it for the correctional behavior. That'd be a good place for the pilot, would you say? Yeah, that's a very good point in, in correctional healthcare and doing psychiatric evaluation in correctional health settings is another ideal area for piloting. And there have been some done, but not as widespread. I mean, states like Texas have pretty extensive experience in applying telehealth in correctional settings in prisons and jails. So that's another area where partnering entities can look at piloting with an opportunity for early success. A lot of people are concerned about the reimbursement aspect. How do you envision that working? Well, that's one of the big challenges today. As I mentioned earlier, some states have ventured into this policy area defining what telehealth is and what it is not, which then leads to policies for reimbursement. You've got the federal government through CMS has been gradually expanding their policies for reimbursement under Medicare. There are a couple of components. Like I mentioned, telehealth should not be treated as an independent sort of standalone medical device or procedure. It's really part of the whole system of care. And so with the focus on value-based purchasing and healthcare, bundled payments like in long-term care and certain procedures, it's really, there's a necessity to sort of break it down. One is telehealth as part of an overall infrastructure of delivering care. And then it becomes the cost of providing care. But then you have technology costs that may or may not be reimbursed under certain contracts. And so I think the big challenge is to work it into the overall delivery system. For example, school health. You can look at contracting independently with managed care for covering telehealth as a school health business. But then you're dealing with individual contracting. And I think that's the challenge. The challenge is that there is no one approach to reimbursement. And we have to rely on a little bit of innovation and perhaps ingenuity in determining how the costs are covered and how you generate revenue. One of the most successful areas currently is in a capitated arrangement with insurance companies and managed care plans. But at the solo practitioner level, that's where the problem gets into. How are you reimbursed for it? And unfortunately, it's a state-by-state basis. And so finally, looking more towards the bigger picture, um, your talk at this conference is on the future of telehealth, and what does that look like to you? Well, I think what's important is if you think back in the 60s and the 70s, a lot of healthcare, especially primary care, was handled over the telephone. And even when I was in school in the late 70s and the early 80s, a nurse would call you and you'd get a call on one of those voice beepers and you would call the nurse in the ICU and you'd have a phone conversation about the patient's symptoms and lab results and other diagnostics and you'd prescribe treatment. And then we kind of went into the mid-80s and 90s and the early 2000s and most things needed to be handled in touching and seeing the patient. And so we kind of got away from it. So if you were to take how we used to practice medicine and deliver health services in the 60s and 70s over the phone and combine that with the incredible advancement in technology today, you basically have a healthcare delivery system that is accessible through anybody's smartphone. 
homes today have incredible capacity. And so I think as we train our medical students today and other practitioners in their education programs to utilize technology, we've got a very bright future with regards to how we take advantage of the technology. But it's not going to happen overnight because you've got cultural changes that have to take place. As John mentioned, how the patient embraces the technology and sees it as an acceptable alternative to being in a physician's office, as well as practitioners having confidence that they can deliver effective care. In addition from the accessibility of the care that can be empowered by telehealth, one of the vision of the future when the telehealth implemented is definitely about in terms of how patients will become more conscious about taking proactive management of their health, and especially with easy access to the care itself, equity in the state, that there's a potential where patients are more likely to take proactive management. Now, in terms of because it's easier access to the, to the care, so they would like to really care for their health and well-being, and eventually it will keep promoting, promote towards a direction in terms of preventive health care. So instead of just going to the doctors when you're actually sick, people will actually want to be able to consult a doctor on a regular basis and then be able to keep up their well-being. And then in addition to the earlier point I mentioned about the international accessibility, that will also enhance demand, especially, I'll say, from the international perspective. They are patients from a global location. You know, they would definitely love to have access to the expertise of the human care from the United States. And that will also become very possible as we start implementing more and more telehealth infrastructure. Yeah, basically, the technology exists today that you could have a personal app that's tailored for your health status and you can defer to it at any time in any moment to help guide your own care and constantly stream data to your provider practitioner team and be able to connect to a caregiver or a practitioner whenever the need arises wherever you are in the world at any time of day or night. And I think that we'll arrive at that point hopefully in the not too distant future. Scott and John, thank you for your time and your insights today. Thanks for having us. That was Scott Hopes and John Trong from Onyx Healthcare USA. They will be speaking in the Telehealth Integration and Implementation Conference at the upcoming Medical Informatics World, which runs May 23rd to the 24th, 2017 in Boston, Massachusetts. If you'd like to hear them in person, go to www.medicalinformaticsworld.com for registration information and enter the key code PODCAST. I'm Caitlin Waters. Thank you for listening.